Hello, this is Pastor Kenny, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan Podcast. If you would like more information about what we are all about, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. Enjoy! First uh, John 3, 7, we're going to look on uh, today and continue. We find these words, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Verse 7, do not let anyone lead you astray. What an interesting time in which we live where there are there are falsities, there are misnomers, there are misspeaks, there are lies that are being shared about God, about Jesus, about the truth of Scripture that we say we believe. And when we're drawn to believe what somebody else is saying without our uh, doing research of what Scripture says, our digging into what the Bible says, what the context is, what the Scripture shares, and the whole um book of the Bible, and we start to pick and choose what we want to believe, we often come into um, contact of not knowing what God says, and we could easily be deceived or led astray. Verse 8 of chapter chapter 3 says, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work, was to destroy the devil's work. And that means as Jesus communicates to us, as we communicate with him through prayer, with the reading of Scripture, with the meeting of uh, Christians, as we are curious about what God says, we understand that Satan wants to uh, steal, kill, and destroy, but God wants to destroy the evil's work. Will you let God destroy that evil that has you wrapped up, that bondage that has non-Christians or even Christians in a false um, realm where they think that they know Jesus, but they still are wrapped up? The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Do we want God to do something so marvelous in our lives that he destroys that work in us? That we say, yes, I am human. Yes, I'm going to fail. Yes, I falter. But I choose to live in such a way that little by little, I allow God to destroy the devil's work, that my mindset has changed, my heart has changed, that I'm not just thrown to and fro, back and forth by the waves of my emotions or my feelings, but I am held solid, that solid ground, that anchor holds on the truth of Jesus. 1 John 3, 9, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is where it gets confusing to some because as humans, we probably will sin today. We probably will sin uh, in the next few moments. We may sin on an ongoing basis, but it is not God's will for you to keep on sinning, keep committing the same sins. It is God's will for his son that appeared to us to destroy the devil's work that is alive around us, in us, that we often will choose to do what Satan wants and go on sinning. But we cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God, because we have been born of God. So as the Holy Spirit speaks to us, as he reveals truth to us, we have that decision, how are we going to live? 
I was uh, playing basketball with my daughter the other day and I said, Jay, your form is a little bit off. And she said, Dad, I'm going to keep doing it because every time I shoot, you tell me my form's a little bit off. Now, I could say, Jay, you are, well, she's not sinning. She's just doing it incorrectly. But as she learns that habit, she can learn how to properly shoot the basketball. This is not what we're talking about. This is not what we're discussing. Is something that uh, maybe it doesn't really matter. We're discussing through Scripture what sin is. It's not okay to say, oh, you sin, I sin, eh, a little bit, a little bit of sin is good. It's not coming to a point where we just say, ah, eh, it's kind of gray. It's not a big deal. Because to God, sin is very black and white. It's one way or the other. God hates sin. Jesus died for the sin in our lives. And as he reveals through scripture, through prayer, through Christians, through meeting together, through being curious, that we wouldn't go on sinning, but we would be accountable to live above and be different because God has a plan for our lives. We look on or look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of restoring, the ministry of redeeming, the ministry of saying that we don't have to live that way anymore, but we can be set free, that we can share God's grace, his mercy, his compassion, his love for others so that they can be restored. So we don't look back at their worst moments. We don't look back and point at what their failure or where they've sinned or what they've done. I just think of that interview that I had with Matthew Mayer. You can uh, find it on Google Podcasts, Living Hope Wesleyan, or on the YouTube channel, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. And you can listen to his testimony and his story of God's forgiveness. And we can look back and know that God's forgiven us. So we don't have to look back in shame and guilt of our worst moment, but we can look back knowing that God has set us free. And we can move forward. Verse 19 of 2 Corinthians 5, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So in 1 John 3, 9, where it says that we cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. That's not because we have done our good deed. That's not because we have manufactured a way to be forgiven. This is not because we are smart enough or good enough or try hard enough. But this is only because, well, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. So we should not point at people's sins and say, look, you are destined for hell. You are a failure. But we look at people's sins and we can say, God wants to set you free. God wants to heal you. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal, his appeal through you, through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Ambassadors, this is where 
God's chosen us to be his mouthpiece. God's chosen us to be his hands and feet. God wants us to live in such a way where people look at us and they believe in him because how we act and how we love and how we share and how we embrace and how we talk to people. We don't walk aimlessly. We don't walk like we're shadow boxing. We don't look down and just are so motivated by our own agenda, but we walk slowly through the crowd, listening to God's voice, embraced by his presence, that we might go and speak and share and reach out literally to those that are in need that God puts across our path, that God leads us to across the cashier's desk or behind us in that line or next to us at that stoplight or with us wherever we are, that God would choose us. He has chosen us to be his ambassador, that we would share his appeal, his appeal to them of their freedom in him is available, that God would use us in such a way. However, the election turns out that we would just say we are firmly grasping the truth of Jesus and we are going to display his love and his forgiveness no matter what. Verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, that we might become the righteousness of God, that little by little, as we choose to do what is right, little by little, as we decide to follow Jesus, as we stop giving in to certain temptations, as we saw earlier in John 3, as we continue not to sin, but we continue to live righteously, we understand that we become the righteousness of God. What does the righteousness of God mean? It means doing what is right, justice, living in such a way that God is proud of us, that is God is pleased with us, even though there's inner turmoil and conflict and struggle and wanting to press in and get our way, or we think this is God's way, but the situation, the predicament we find ourselves, we are just called to live right, to do what is right, because we know He is right. First John 3, 11-16. For this message, for this is a message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. Do not be surprised if the world hates you. Verse 11, it says we must love one another. Do you love one another? Do not be surprised if the world hates you. We go on to verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. We shared about this uh, previously about how can you say you love God when you do not love your neighbor? How can you say that you love God when you struggle and you fight and you get so filled with angst and hatred and bitterness towards that person that, ah, oh, is the love of the Father in you? Not that we're going to be perfect. We're always going to struggle. We're always going to try to figure out what does God want from us. But as he reveals to us truth, do we choose to live in his truth? 
This is in Matthew 5, 43 through 44. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Jesus speaking, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who persecute you. Um, going to move forward, 1 John 3, 15 through 16. This is difficulty with Scripture. This is a hard part of being separated. This is where we understand their strength in numbers. And this is where we should be refreshed and encouraged by knowing that the family of God is strong, that the body of Christ is with us and for us. And though we are separated by distance, that we are not together in a one meeting place, that we have the uniting of the Holy Spirit. We have God's presence in our lives because we've chosen His forgiveness, that we are not alone. And because we are not alone, we can read Scripture with an understanding eye, with a deep depth within our soul to know that we can stand firm on His Word and we can go after what Jesus went after, and that was for the lost. And as we are disciples going after the lost, we realize that it's not in our own strength, but it's only out of that deep, deep revelation that we are hidden in Christ. First John 3, 15 through 16, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 16, lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I was listening to a podcast. It was a survey that was done, and it was uh, shared about Republicans and Democrats, and it wasn't just Christians. But the secular survey, uh, I should have had the name for you. I'll try to uh, post that or uh, repost that podcast where it was stated. It said that there are those on both the conservative or Republican or liberal or Democrat or third party or whatever side that would say whatever political alignment, they would say that there are those a uh, high, well, higher than it should be. It's, I think it's 43% is what they said. Believe that they, their position would be better off if their opponent was dead or deceased or died or was not living. Over 40% thought this, that, you know, if that other person, my opposition wasn't alive, then we would be better. This is some of the cancel culture. Are we allowed to be made better by grasping to the hands and feet of Jesus? Or do we think we're better when our way is the right way? When Jesus said, he is the way. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters so that they might know him. We're going to uh, wrap up in a little bit, and I thank you again for being a part of Living Hope Wesleyan Church, and we thank you for 
understanding the seriousness, the tone of this day and age, 2020, an election year in the middle of a pandemic and a time where there's wars and rumors of wars, when there's disease and pestilence, when there's hurricanes and tornadoes, when we're about to go into winter and all of us Vermonters know how cold it can be and the importance of having firewood and realizing that um, realizing that this hygiene pantry here at the uh, chapel has been taken advantage of in a positive way the last two weeks that people are coming to us in need that there's a certain community in our uh, town that has this common unity of being homeless going into November how is the church to respond first John 3:18 says it very well dear children let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth how can we Love God if we don't live his service for others. We do not save people, but we can share of his salvation and we can live in such a way where let us not love in words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And yes, interestingly enough, that word truth, it's the same word in the Greek that Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's not us. It's Jesus. It's not our desire, but it's what God wills. It's not simply because we feel as though we can make a difference, but we know that we are lost without God. It's not because we've aspired to inspire, but it's simply that we are lost in the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. So in him, we can move forward. We can share his truth with others and they can know that he is for them as he is for us. And they can know that his freedom and his provision and his healing and his forgiveness and his help and his peace and his hope is with us. Something I've I've missed is being able to sing together. Uh, anybody that stood next to me or sat next to me know that I do not have a good or I don't have a singing voice at all. I, it's very difficult to stay on key or tone or whatever you would say. But I I do know that there's power as we sing together. So I've missed that. But I also am learning that as we sing where we are, we know that God's united our voices, God's united our hearts. And so things are different and we long for normalcy. This is the new different because we're getting used to this. So different will probably be meeting together in person. That'll be so different. We won't know what to do. We won't know but we can know that God is with us and that he's for us. That Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. That we can understand 1 John 3.18, which says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And you know what? That's not either or. That's both and. That is, preach what you practice. 
preach what you practice and the world will believe this Jesus that has reconciled us to him. Jesus, we thank you so much that you love us. We thank you so much that you are for us. We thank you that you care about everything that we're going through. We thank you that you know the needs of our health, of our finances, of whatever the situation might be. Jesus, we thank you that you know the lost and you care about them and you care enough to remove the sin from our lives little by little, that you reveal to us big chunks and little splinters that we can remove from our eye, that we can take out of our lives. Father, we do pray for those that are sick, that are battling illness, that those that could be doubting you. We thank you that you have forgiven them and are helping them, and may we choose to walk in your forgiveness. And Father, we do pray that as Christians, followers of you, wherever we go, we would listen to your voice to share your grace and live by faith that others would know your truth. We thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. God is for you. He loves you. And he wants to use you and I to share his truth with others. Let his will be done today and in you this week. Let it be done, Jesus. Thank you for knowing us. Amen and amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Uh, you can also see the live versions of these sermons on the Living Hope Wesleyan Church YouTube channel, as well as any more information that you'd be interested in at hopeforvermont.org. Thank you so much for listening.